0: Why don't we begin? To we hope
1: you enjoy the down.
2: This is Fresh Hop Cinema. This is Fresh Hop
0: Cinema. It's a podcast about craft beer and film, and my name is Max Minardi, and across the table. Is Johnny Summers. What's up? Johnny, tell people where they can find us on the internet real quick. At Fresh Hop Cinema. Quicker. Oh, nice. In, sorry. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Pornhub. What? God. <laughs> uh What is the other one now? It's, I can't. You just, I'm, now I'm just thinking of that. Um, uh, untapped. Uh, untapped, That's Letterboxd, FreshHopCinema.com, Patreon. Indeed. Let's okay. go. Patreon is the one where you can support our show for money. Uh, You can do it on an episode basis, on a monthly basis, whatever your little wallet desires. Um, Yep. Instagram's (laughs) the one you can support us with double tapping your phone really fast. Yeah. And if you send us a message on Instagram, we'll send you a koozie for free. We still got those. Forget to mention that. And stickers. And stickers. Yeah. Um, Okay. If you've never heard the show before, we talk about movies and beer, like I said, uh, usually new movies. And this week we are doing just that. We're not going to spoil anything until the very end of the show in a segment called The Danger Zone. That's it. Very dangerous. It's going to get wild. Um, as always, I want to say if you want to give us your feedback on any of the stuff that we talk about today, feel free to shoot us a good old-fashioned email at fhccast@gmail.com at gmail.com. Uh, before we get started here, a couple of things I wanted to mention. I there's another very important reason people should email us. Why is that? It's because we're having a contest. Yes, it's very important sure. that you pay attention right now. Max is gonna tell you all about the exciting promotion yeah. hidden within our advertisements. Yeah, we figured, I mean, we love movies here, and I had this idea that uh, for our our long-running Handlebar commercial that we've been doing since basically the top of this show, we are going to, about every two weeks, uh, dress up a a movie scene, some more well-known than others, some might be a little bit challenging, and we're going to change the dialogue ever so slightly to make it about our friends at the Handlebar. If you can guess what movie we are running dialogue from, email us, and you will have a chance to win a gift card to the Handlebar in the amount... That varies, but probably at least ten dollars. Yeah, we'll decide. So when that comes around after our first discussion today, that'll be after cats. Uh, listen, listen carefully. Place your bets. Email us. Let us know what movie you think it's from. Uh, the more specific you can be all the time, the better. First one to email with the correct answer wins a prize. I'm gonna draw it out of a hat. we'll cool. get like a thousand emails. Nope. Yeah, you know? first one. Sure. Just <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean, it's you're we're rewarding who gets up early. We're gonna start who, dropping who downloads this at like the podcast 30 a.m. Yep, just, yeah, earlier and earlier. Absolutely, people really need that gift card. Yeah. So, anyways, pay attention. It's Indeed. fun. It's exciting. It's new, and it's happening in this episode. Additionally, if you're on Patreon already, we are having an event at the end of the month, January thirty first. Um, you'll see details in your Patreon account. We have not posted uh, too too many specifics yet, minus just holding that date. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a full blown bottle share and. Um, If you were at stoutgasm number one, we're kind of branding this as 2.0. And I won't say what happened at that one, but it was a lot of fun. Expect more of that. Don't get naked in my kitchen again. If you're curious about uh, that sort of thing, um, sign up for Patreon. It's really fun. Very lastly, uh, this week I had to go see Cats alone, which is an experience I do not recommend. Um, But I did ask for people's feedback on um, some of my social medias and on our Twitter and things like that. And I wanted to thank everybody that did. Send me audio clips or written clips or whatever it is. Can't feature all of them, but there were a couple. Um, But thank you for sending them, even if we do not play yours a little bit later. Brandon Duran, talking to you. Yeah, sure. Um, Okay, Johnny, what are we drinking first? Because at this point, my mouth is getting dry from too much speaking. Well, we better wet your whistle. The first beer we are cracking into is from some local guys. I'm super stoked to get into this beer. It's called simply Oatmeal Stout. Simply, and some would say elegantly, as if to reflect... The elegant design of their label, which is quite tasteful and beautiful. Refined. Black and white. Refined. Very fancy. I'm going to drink this with pinkies. Firmly out. What do they say about their beer? Well, uh, this is actually an excerpt from an email that we got from their co-founder, Rob Leitner. Shout out, Rob. Thanks, thanks Rob. Thanks for getting back Appreciate to us. it, man. Oh, yeah. Where's this beer from? You want to know. I'm I want to sure. know. It's from East Brother Beer Company. Wait I a know. minute. Just real quick. Where did it come from after that, though? It came out of Richmond, California. And then? <laughs> Spike's Bottle Perfect, Shop. okay. So Chico by way of Richmond, California, which if you know anything, Richmond's about, I don't know, two and a half hours south of here. That sounds about right. On the way to the Bay Area. So pretty local, pretty stoked. Never done anything from these guys before. It's always nice to see new breweries popping up. Uh, co-founder Rob Leitner emailed us in, uh, and he said, Oatmeal Stout is one of our original five core beers, along with Bow Pills, Red Lager, Gold IPA, and Red IPA. Pretty straightforward with our naming. Fair. Uh, We describe it on the taproom board as rich, roasty, and smooth. And at 5.4% ABV, it's a great example in this era of big and bold stouts. Of a stout that's balanced and easy drinking while still offering complexity and character. The judges at the California State Fair last summer agreed as it took home a gold medal. It was also included in Beer Connoisseur Magazine's top 104 beers of all time last year. And damn, damn, damn. Yeah, uh, on their can, they say uh, English inspired, notes of rich milk chocolate, dark fruit with a soft and comforting finish. Uh, it looks like a pretty standard stout. I'm excited. We talk about on this show often how, especially when stouts come up, how what seems to dominate the market are very strong, high ABV imperial stouts with tons of adjuncts. And to find a, not to over, I'm going to overuse this word a lot for this brewery, I think, but a refined, very um, direct approach to this style is something that I find to be quite refreshing but you've tasted it. Yeah, it's nice. It is, uh, to say that it's simple would be um, an understatement and maybe, you know, a bit of a negative. It is beautiful in its simplicity. It is exactly what it's advertised as. It's, there's no bells, there's no whistles. There's just everything that, like, a simple, traditional stout should be. Fair. In 2017, I was in England. First time I'd ever been. I was looking around for places to get beers. Apparently, it's actually everywhere in England. Pretty much everywhere has um, a tap or two that you can go in. They like to drink over there. Sure, who doesn't? Um, A lot of them weren't refrigerated. Mm. I'm going to tell you two things now. One, I have just tasted this. Two, I have written down my rating after one sip, which I don't think I've done. Yeah. Maybe ever. You're feeling opinionated tonight. Yeah, and the reason I was so confident writing this down, the number that I will share with you in a minute or two, is that this tastes, like you said, exactly as it's described. This reminded me of a specific pub in England that I had. Uh, I think it was a brown ale, actually. But it might have been a stout. Who knows? They're all... They're named their beers differently over there. Mm. But it's very good. Yeah. I get a little bit of something on the back end that is not my favorite. Okay. But I like most of this quite a bit. Very good, huh? Yes, it's very good. I like it. It's very good. Yeah. I'm going to agree. It's it's really drinkable, which I'm, I'm enjoying. You know, it's not... Super thick, super viscous. It's not boozy at all, um, which is nice. I mean, that's something you get out of the lower to medium ABV. I mean, five point four percent still not bad. Yeah, you're you're a half a percent above a Coors Light. Yeah, or a White Claw. Like this is a low ABV beer. Yeah, which is I don't think a lot of people think of when they hear stout. Yeah, because stouts have become this other thing where it's like I want it to be twelve and a half percent and taste like a cream pie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh it's good, man. It reminds me of, you know, when we talk about beers that are always just staples like the Sierra Nevada Porter and Sierra Nevada Stout, the West Coast Stout. We've both um, you know, applied pretty heavy praise on those beers as just being, you know, great examples of knowing what they are. And yep. I like this about this beer is it knows what it is. Uh the oatmeal, I wish it was a bit more present because usually oatmeal thickens out and gives it a bit more mouthfeel, but this one still feels a little thin, but I mean, overall, it's it's really good. Uh, for what, what, how much does this cost? It was four bucks. Four bucks for the pint can. Uh, I would buy this all day. Yeah, I think the oatmeal thing that I'm getting is definitely more of the flavor of oatmeal. It's like a, kind of a flaky, um, almost bread quality to it that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that it needs to add thickness. My one qualm with this beer is that towards the end, there's a bit of acidity that I don't, like I said earlier, love, um, but it's pretty minor. Um, and I like it in general. It's, I, I just love it. So it's so refreshing and light, which you don't assume is a, gonna be a stout. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just a broken record at this point. So I'm gonna give you my rating out all of right. ten. Out of ten. Do you want to take a guess at what I wrote? No. Do you right. have your rating yet? Yeah. Okay. Great. You do not want to guess mine. No. I can see it. Can you? I'm covering it with my finger. Oh, that's the four from the price. Do you think I give this a four? Yeah, that's why I was like, man, you really like this, huh? (laughs) No, I wrote down uh, the four because that's how much it costs. You're a dick. (laughs) Uh, No, do you want to guess what I got? Um, I'm going to guess that you gave this a probably like a six point. No, you don't do that. I don't. So you you probably gave this beer like a six or a seven. You want to pick either way? Seven. Seven's pretty high. And I will say I actually gave it a nine. Wow. Yeah. Damn. This is a really good beer. It's, it's so exactly nice. what it's trying to be. It's it's almost perfect. And well, it, it might just be a personal thing that I don't like the total end of the finish. But. Totally. Um, well, and that's, that's what we always talk about. Like, I've said it so many times. I love beer flavored beer. Like, sure. sometimes you just want. Something like you had when you were first getting into beer before pastry stouts were a thing. Yeah. And this is like a throwback uh, stout. I almost a throwback IPA. Sure. This totally is a throwback stout. And yeah. that's what they were going for. They said they're inspired by European beers. And uh, I really, really like it. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I think when people say a beer-flavored beer, if you're not into the craft world, that means like a Bud Light for people. But I mm. think for people that do drink beer all the time, you could say that about a stout. Yeah, a stout works. with no adjuncts and mm-hmm. no bells and no whistles. And it's just it's straightforward, man. That's why I love brown ales so much. It's just simple, it's rich, it's it's a delightful drinking experience. And I love this in this beer. It's, I'm getting all of that. You yeah. know, and it's so simple. It's definitely if you asked anyone that is quote unquote a stout enthusiast in this day and age, sure. They're going to give this like a three. Yeah. Because it's not, you know. Where's the cream filling? It's not a thick boy. Yeah. So. You know, circling back around to their branding thing, the the can, I think they're doing something really smart. He even mentioned um, in the in the description here, uh, Rob did, he said, we're pretty straightforward with our naming. They have a Bow Pills, a Red Lager, a Gold IPA, a Red IPA, an Oatmeal Stout. It's a straightforward beer. They named it straightforward. The can, like we said, is refined, but you know exactly what you're getting because in big old letters right here it says oatmeal stout that's it right mm-hmm. there you get it it says it twice it does say it twice which is great um i like the branding i, I really do. do i think their marketing's really clean uh i think it's a delicious beer and i think it's something everyone should try because this is what stouts started as yeah and it's what they still are uh, if you let them just be what they are sure if you don't need to throw marshmallows and stuff in yep. and those are beers are great Every beer has a place, and this one uh is in my mouth right now. This yeah. is uh this is tremendous. This is uh this is like an 8.8 for me. 8.8 right up there, yeah. man. Nice job. I love it. it. Uh tying it back into our Patreon event at the end of the month. I think we should bring a couple of these to Stout Gasm 2.0. I agree. It's a good way to kick off the night. This is just a great beer to sip on, right? Like I would I would buy a four-pack of this and just have it around, eat this with dinner. It's yeah, it's really good. So that's oatmeal stout shout out east brother beer company thanks for reaching out to us rob we always like to hear from owners and brewers and stuff yeah fair uh johnny summers can i play you a trailer for a little film called cats no but yes heard a cat beatbox before. That's There's a, a lot of things you will not have heard a cat do. It's a wild and crazy time. All right. So cats, a tribe of cats called uh, the Jellicles must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heaviside layer, heaviside layer, and come back to a new Jellicle life, which yep. that You should say off the bat you haven't seen this. I <laughs> for sure haven't seen this and I will not. Uh, that sentence in itself is entirely confusing, and I'm very flummoxed by it. So we'll get into that in a minute. This was released on December twentieth, twenty nineteen, with a budget of ninety five million dollars. It it's directed by one Tom Hooper. It opened with an astounding six point six million. Uh, as of this very day, it has brought in a total of fifty three point four million. If you're not good at math, that's real bad. Clocks in at one hour and fifty minutes of delicious, enjoyable cat running time. The cast includes a newcomer by the name of Francesca Hayward, uh, James Corden, Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dash. Sorry, you're going to have to put in Sir Ian McKellen, too, because I left out the Sir. Obviously. They worked hard for those titles. It's true. Uh, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson, and Sir Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, Laurie Davison, and many others. The original version of this film was a musical based on a collection of poems by T.S. Eliot called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. That musical, by the same name, was directed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's, like, real famous. Sure. Uh, If... You, whoops, wrong part. It ran in London for 21 years and on Broadway for 18. It's still the longest running musical in both places. Cats the musical is clearly loved across the globe. So surely, obviously, of course, a film adaption uh, was a smart move. How has it been received? That is the question. Well, so it's tricky. So like you said, I'm not going to see this movie ever. I wasn't necessarily going to see this movie. It's got horrible reviews. For some reason, you you were like... Well, because it's become such a thing on the internet that I wanted to be a part of it. I uh, wanted to understand what people were talking about. I think it has like a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Yeesh. Um, again, like you said, like it's made with a huge budget, has made barely over half of that back. It's not doing critically well or financially well or generally well by most people's <laughs> standards. Um- <laughs> I am dying to know how well it did in your heart of hearts. Really, I liked it. No, Um, there's a obviously. So I was prepped. I'm gonna fire you, dude. (laughs) I was prepped, but you can't because you haven't seen it. So you're just gonna have to trust me. Also, I don't think I have that authority. That's probably true as well. Yeah. Um, the internet's been crazy. I was prepped to think like this is gonna be just a a burning dumpster fire of a movie, and to some extent, I think it was. Okay. Which is, but I knew that, and I think that's okay. Well, it did it keep you warm at least? Yeah, a little bit it was I mean, I was like rubbing my hands over the the, the what do you call those things a garbage can the I barrel guess. yeah, barrel fire. um but I do think there there are some great songs in here um, particularly some of the solo stuff we mentioned on our break um Jennifer Hudson she has a solo. everybody has a solo basically. this movie's one long solo to solo song. there's group songs, but there's also like, here's my character and this is what I'm about doop a doop a and that happens with everybody you listed all of those named characters have I'm looking over the list yes 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 they all have their own their own solos wow and it kind of all sort of ties together this very simplistic plot um that doesn't really matter I think it feels a lot like they they wove a plot around so that people could yeah do their thing Um, And a lot of the people are bad in this. Like Rebel Wilson didn't do it for me. James Corden was not good at all. Um, Taylor Swift was over advertised. She's not in this for that much. And she has a piece that kind of works, but mostly doesn't. Because from the trailers, it looks like she's the star. It looks like it's a Taylor Swift movie. I talked to somebody after I told her, I just came out of Cats. I was getting coffee earlier. And they were like, "Eh, I don't think I'm going to see it. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm like, she's not really the movie. And she said what you're saying. Like, it seems like it's a Taylor Swift movie. And it's not. Idris Elba's not very good in this, which is also hard to say because I love him. But well, he's playing a cat. They're all playing cats. Jennifer Hudson kind of playing cats. They're playing human cats. Yeah. We'll get into this uh, later. Maybe now. I don't know. You're definitely not gonna see this. There is no later. Yeah. We're well, not talking about this movie in the danger zone. Okay, well then I will say, um Yeah. Spoiler. Jennifer, not yet. Jennifer Hudson good. I didn't know that song memories all alone in the moonlight was from cats. I just heard it on school of rock. Oh really? Yeah. So to hear that come to fruition at first, I was like, Oh, that's funny. But then it has a reprise later in the movie and that works pretty well. Francesca Hayward does a really good job. She's a, she's a ballerina, I think by trade and got into this to do the acting and the singing. So she had a lot of uh, new weight to bear. And I think she did a pretty good job. Um, overall it's a very strange experience. Um, jarring for for reasons that i will say now uh there are people humanoid people that look like cats kind of with thumbs with thumbs and toes they have like full they have they have like people feet and boobs we'll get to that yeah but some of them wear shoes and some of and this is where it really gets weird some of them wear fur coats but the texture of the fur looks a lot like a cat so it's like i don't know if they've like killed other cats and just wear them are these cats cannibals i don't know and then at some points like they're like rebel wilson's character has a She's got a whole bodysuit, and she unzips it to unveil another outfit. It's like, are you taking off your skin? I don't get it. Um, before I get into more of my critiques, I want to um, let somebody else that wrote in, that spoke in, uh, phoned in, I don't know how I want to phrase that, but um, sort of on the more deplorable end of this movie's reception. Chimed in. Chimed in. Sure. This is uh, this is Joe. This
1: is Joe Taussig from... The uh, Peppermill Casino, bartender at Lounge and Edge Nightclub, uh, sending in a review, my review, of the movie's cap. Uh, first, the in- initial reaction is that that was terrible. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Um, but the more I think about it and reflect on it, um, I felt like the opening scene was rushed and they threw a lot at us at once, and so it made the rest of the movie confusing because you didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, I was disappointed in the audio because there's a lot of times they were singing songs and whatnot where I couldn't understand what they were singing about, so that made the movie a little bit more frustrating. Um, On a weird note, I thought that the female cats having big ass boobs was super random, and I know that they're trying to humanize the cats, but it just i don't know it felt weird and out of place and just was bizarre um super disappointed pretty bad movie in my opinion um the plot was there and i I, there was i wanted to pull for it and i wanted to be a part of it but i just thought that the writing and how everything was done was just god awful
0: okay so joe mentioned something that you mentioned earlier he said quote the big ass boobs that they had and, and it ties into a larger problem with this movie And I don't understand it. It's that I'm not sure if they're cats or if they're people. Yes. Like they live in this world where everything is called like milk bar or like the Egyptian or like the meow club, that kind of stuff. But the buildings are all like human sized and the cats are cat sized. So they have to go in like the sinks are way too big. So I don't get that at all. But it seems like they're in a cat world. Okay. Except they're not. It's a cat boob world. So then the boob thing is weird because they try to humanize cats with with, with human attributes. And faces. And big faces time. for sure. And they're weird toes in their hands, but sometimes they like walk on two feet. Sometimes they kind of do this. I like what do you I don't know, creepily crawl? Creepy kinda, crawl. creep crawl. Um, and it's all very jarring and weird. At one point, you get mostly cats in this movie, obviously, but there are also mice. Hmm. There's a couple of mice, which are basically, it seems like the same CGI effect used for the cats, but with less money dedicated to it. And all of the mice are played by like 12 year old boys. Yeah. And it just seems weird. Yeah. There's a Rebel Wilson's uh, solo features uh, uh, basically a kick line of cockroaches, which are even smaller than the mice. And they all have the same face. And they're clearly like, they're like a cockroach body with a human face, like not even disguised as a cockroach. This sounds like a fucking nightmare. It, so this it, sounds like it, something that I would just dream up in the most terrifying recesses of yep. a fever dream. I know. And at one point, Rebel Wilson eats the cockroaches, but they're like humans. And I don't get it. Like, cause they, <sighs> they're sentient little cockroaches, but we're like eating them. With human faces. Yeah. And this movie was PG. We didn't mention that, but it. I don't know that it should have been. Well, a parent should definitely be guiding. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think there's a lot in this movie to be jarred by. It was also – I, I want to don't want to get away from this point too much. I did like this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I want to reflect on your friend's – I'm assuming he's a supporter of the show. Does he? Yeah, Joe likes the show. Joe's Joe's into it. Uh, so we'll call him a friend of the show. i love that. Friend of the show, Joe. Sure. That's his new nickname. Call it every time you see him. Deal. He, he said he didn't like it, and it was right. a bad movie. Sure. Why did
2: you like it? Well, so for that, I'm going to have my friend Angel set me up a little bit. Hey, Fresh Lop Cinema, this is Angel, longtime listener, first-time caller. The movie Cats is everything I thought it would be. It's outlandish, it's bizarre, it's baffling and beautiful all at the same time. Uh, whether you think the imagery is gorgeous or nightmarish, it's a film that demands to be seen. Considering it has great cinematography and set design, it's stunning. Uh, while it's far from being perfect, uh, the story isn't as strong as it could be. I don't think it deserved the amount of abuse they got online from Twitter World and the critics. Um, they had a great cast, Jennifer Hudson had a stunning number, Judy Dench, Robert Fairchild and Ian McKellen are always great. I felt that the studio was trying to rush it for award season and even before the film was out you could tell it was going to be a disaster um, in this awards uh, cut deadline. It also, uh, Tom Hooper, the director, said he didn't finish the film till about eight hours before the premiere, so it was just a project gone bad. But overall, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I actually had higher expectations for it when I first heard they were making this, but it is what it is. Okay, so I
0: think that sets it up kind of like I, I liked it, and I think the big thing this movie had going against it was the was all the reviews, all the vitriol, and like. It crazy news stories about people that go to see this movie on mushrooms or on weed and just like it like ruins their day. People vomit. I've read things that people start bawling. So I was going in like this is going to either be amazing or the most horrible experience. And to Angel's point, like, it was it was OK. I think I think some of like, the sets were cool. Some of the songs were nice. It was very weird, but it didn't impact me negatively as much as I was expecting. So I think I had my guard up and it was fine. Well, i think this film's been i'm not going to call it a film this movie has, this is a film it's a work of art my friend uh, this glorious work of felt black light art uh has been painted into a very extreme corner sure. one of uh of just absolutely being terrible and once a movie has been painted in that light there is uh there's an expectation of just like seeing an absolute steaming turd mm-hmm. so like if it's not that and it's like it's just an average to crummy movie, which there are hundreds yeah. of that come out every year. Like I could see how it maybe it's blown out of proportion, but, uh, I'm still not clear on why you liked it, but it's just perfectly enjoyable. It's very weird. I was, I was entranced by it for a long time. I sat there and I was, there were about 15 minutes and I just caught myself with my mouth like this, like His my mouth face, is like, open. I was like squinting mouth open. Like, what am I watching? And I giggled a few times. I had a fine experience in the theater. You know, it was a decent enough movie. And like you're saying, there's plenty of those out there. So it was a fine movie. I liked it enough. All right. Well, the proof is in not the pudding, but the numerical rating upon which we score sure. all things in Fresh Hop Cinema Land, which is one through ten. Yep. Uh, I'm going to have to demand a rating because I'm I'll tired of one. hearing about cats. It's, so, yep. Max Benardi, give me any final thoughts and a rating and a recommendation. Sure. Uh, there's a movie that I'm excited for when it comes out on DVD because really? I know there's going to be a night or two and I'm at home and we're all drinking. We have friends over and one, somebody's going to be like, hey, did you guys see Cats? And I'll be like, don't even try. I own Cats. When you mean somebody, that's that's yeah. you That's you speaking. No, no, no. Hey, it's did you guys see up? this movie Cats? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to come up because I'll be talking about our show like I do, try to get friends to listen. Mm-hmm. And do you see Cats, I'm like, I own it. Here, put it in and we'll watch it drunkenly one night and i think that's a great scenario for this movie i'm excited to show people and watch people's reactions um so i'm gonna give it a five out of ten and a soft recommendation so this movie's perfectly average yeah but it's very weird it's it's a worse movie but the weirdness factor makes up for some of that and puts it right in the middle i don't know if i'm okay with how high you rated it it sounds like you didn't like it as much as a five no, I did. Because five. five's like completely middle of the road. Yeah, it's middle of the road. Hmm. But there's a lot of factors that make it that way. Also, you're kind of a weird guy, and That's I fair. and I accept that. Yeah, good. You have to. I do, and I appreciate it, and I embrace it. And I tell you what, when it comes out, we'll get drunk, we'll sit down with a bottle of bourbon, and I'll watch cats with you. We're gonna get drunk, then sit down with a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, I can't handle that. This movie, <laughs> like, yeah, I said, see, that doesn't matter. Whatever. I will not say this on air. Let's go to a break. And we can talk more about Cats another time. If you've seen Cats, please let us know what you think. Love to hear it. Uh, we come back, we're going to talk about The King. It's on Netflix. Maybe you've seen it. We're not going to spoil it if you haven't, so come back regardless. Well, we are, but just not now. Correct. Summers, what are you doing wandering the corridors at night? I, I was sleepwalking. How extraordinarily like your father you are, Summers. He too was exceedingly arrogant, strutting about. My dad didn't strut, nor do I. Now, if you don't mind... Turn out your pockets.
2: Turn out your pockets. What's this?
0: It's a spare bit of parchment. Really? Open it. Reveal your secrets. Read it. The Handlebar Chico is proud to offer the town's best happy hour. It runs seven days a week and lasts from 2 to 6 p.m., during which its honorable patrons receive a dollar off all of the ales on draft. The owners of the Handlebar offer their compliments to Mr. Minardi and... Go on. And... Request that he and his large nose stop wasting their time at lesser bars with worse Worse happy hours. Why you insolent little?
1: A king has no friends Only followers and foe A new chapter of my life has begun As prince, I spent my days Drinking, clowning. Now I find myself the king.
2: Choose your steps wisely, dear brother. They have their own kingdoms behind their eyes. I need men around me I can trust. You are my friend. I will come with you.
1: Be watched over by an altogether different king. France is taunting us. They were my father's enemies, not mine. The screams of your men shall lull me to sleep at night. You will not topple this King Henry V of England you so
2: underestimate. Are you ready for what awaits us?
1: War is bloody and soulless.
2: This is hope this is for Do you feel a sense of achievement?
1: Surrender to me. King of England. Are you scared? I can feel the weight
2: of this crown I wear.
0: That was a riveting trailer for the film, the King. It's a film uh, directed by David Michaud. He directed the Rover. It was written by him and actor Joel Edgerton. Uh, Here's a little bit about the movie. If you have no idea, but chances are, I think people do. It's been out since October 11th on Netflix. So maybe you've seen it, but If you haven't, Hal played by Timothy Chalamet, wayward prince and heir to the English throne is crowned King Henry V after his tyrannical father dies. Now, the young king must navigate palace politics, the war his father left behind and the emotional strings of his past life. This film stars Timothy Chalamet, as I said, Joel Edgerton as an aging knight, John Falstaff. Robert Pattinson plays the eldest prince of France. This movie also happens uh, to star or have appearances by Ben Mendelsohn, Thomas and Mackenzie and Sean Harris. This film is based on several plays from William Shakespeare. Uh, it's been, it's been on screen several times, uh, most recently in 1989, a British film starring Kenneth, Sir Kenneth Branagh, excuse me. <laughs> and before that, uh, in 1944, starring Lawrence Olivier. As I, as I said, this came out October 11th. It runs two hours and 20 minutes long, a proper sword and shield epic length. Uh, it was made on a compared to cats shoestring budget of $23 million. Like I said, it's available on Netflix. Uh, so far, we're on, what does the date today? January 7th or 6th? Correct. So uh, Netflix hasn't released released any of their streaming information, so I have no idea how many people have seen it. But if you follow this sort of thing, it's been getting a little bit of Oscar buzz, so certainly a few. And clubs. I know at least two amateur movie reviewers slash beer enthusiasts that have seen it. Oh, that's us. Yes. Once again, we're not going to spoil this until the very end of the show. First, we're just going to talk about our general thoughts. Um, and since this was an at-home viewing experience, um, Johnny, what was yours like? When did you watch this, day or night? Did you watch it alone? I watched this last evening after preparing a delicious meal. You're slipping back in the character. <laughs> of the fine. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> of the finest smoked meats. Yeah. For mine wife. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, I we decided that Shalina wanted her birthday dinner at home, so I went and got some stuff, made some delicious food, and then we curled up on the couch with a blanket and some cats and some snacks, and watched this movie. And it was a very nice viewing experience. Hmm. All the lights turned off. Cats were even mostly quiet the whole time. So no distractions. It was very nice. It was very long. So there was a couple pee breaks involved, but it was a nice viewing experience. Good. I watched it last night also uh, with my wife. She stayed up for most of it. She had to get up pretty early today for work. So I think she caught about three quarters of it. Okay. Um, and I enjoyed it, man. We Gianna also, she loves to keep lights on when she watches movies. And, and most of the time, that's fine. I don't care because we're not usually watching them for the podcast. But last night, I was like, can we please like let's just turn them off and uh, just like really try to watch it? Because our living room is kind of bright anyways. We turned them off. It was lovely. Um, watched it basically... Yeah, I know it's easy to take breaks when you're at home, but I committed. I was like, nope, I'm watching the whole thing. I don't think I stopped it once. Um, which made for a nice experience. It made it almost theatrical. Very cool. Um, what did you know about this movie going in, if anything? Um, I had seen the the trailer, like on Netflix, just scrolling through and you know, kind of auto plays and you see like yeah, a sure. little either trailer or snippet of the movie, and I knew about the cast. That was the first thing that sure. grabbed me. I saw Robert Pattinson, I saw Timothy Chalamet, and I was like, ooh. Oh, hey, this is a thing that deserves investing some time. Uh, Netflix original, good work, getting some good actors. So that was really the only thing I knew going in that like uh it was a very good cast. Yeah, fair. So I knew like this was I knew this was Shakespearean. I knew that it had kind of been done before. Um, I didn't know anything about the actual story. So that I mean it was a very refreshing thing. I think I talk about on the show a lot how much I enjoy going into a theater blind where mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with a sequel or a Superhero story that I've heard before, or an oversaturation of trailers, or that, yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, I can't. I've seen the trailer for 1917 uh, in the movies, in the actual theaters now, a bunch of times. Yep. So I'm like a little bit um, already bored of that movie, even though we're seeing it next week. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to just be like, all right, let's see what happens. Yep. I also really appreciate the irony of a French actor playing the English king here. <laughs> Timothy right. Chalamet is French. Uh, that was nice. Um, what do you think of the movie? So overall. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we mentioned we we're having a chat before we start recording about how I am uh, a big fan of like period pieces and just setting yourself into a completely early, much earlier time period. I find this type of film fascinating. and Specifically when there, like war period pieces, Uh right? War, but also like I really enjoyed a lot of the politics in this movie and like the courtroom drama and the this movie delves pretty deeply into the perils and political nuance of being a King uh, in a time with no Twitter and no, (laughs) uh, it's yeah, you actually have to trust people that are near you and just the, the interpersonal, um, nuance of every relationship. It really dove deep into that. And this movie was as much, if not more so about those relationships and, him navigating the political just tumult of being a king Um it, it as much or more with that than with the war aspect of things, which I really appreciated because it's super easy and kind of a cop-out for a movie like this to just write in nothing but war scenes yeah, and sure. battles. And um this movie kind of transcended that archetype into actually being kind of a, a, a balanced film because it had different viewpoints and a lot of things to think about, even like until the very end, um, there's things that you maybe not didn't consider, sure. you know, different viewpoints and you know, who do you trust, who advises you? And, and there's just so many interpersonal relationships that, that defined so many of these rulers back in the day that like, it's fascinating. It was so much more than just battles. It was, uh, it was a really interesting movie it was super drab color palette-wise at time, at times. And then you got these scenes with just stunning color. Some of the scenes stood out to mm. me as just being absolutely gorgeous with the contrast of these deep, dark, rich colors contrasted with everything around being kind of this, this awkward shade of brown. Like, yeah. it was just such an interesting color scheme that they used. And it would have been like that back in the day, too, just everyone that was kind of on the poor side just didn't wear anything just yeah that, like brown just yeah yeah it was just that's a big thing yeah like clothing dying was like yeah. a, a huge thing absolutely so visually this movie was really really stunning like the cinematography and the quality of watching that you would have thought this movie came out on the big screen for sure so for it to be something netflix direct uh i found really um inspiring and refreshing and it makes me hopeful for all the movies coming out in 2020 that netflix is producing which that's a whole nother episode sure. we can talk they've got so many movies coming out but for them to take the care and yeah it was a, a short smaller budget but yeah um the end result was something that was visually really encompassing and an enjoyable watch and i like the story uh timothy chalamet is taking over the universe one movie at a time yep. and i am really happy to be alive during that time because i think he is absolutely fantastic and this movie just keeps that going for me so um that's a really long way to say i really like this that's great i, I share a lot of your sentiments before i dive into mine that are uh strictly my own i want to touch on two things you said uh one is being a king before twitter I remember I, it was a very strange sentence, but it makes a lot of sense, sadly, kind of today. There's a scene early on in the movie where um, Timothy Chalamet's character receives, a, he's receiving gifts, G-I-F-T-S, not the moving pictures. <laughs> hey, um, you got a text. Yeah, and he uh, he receives from Robert Pattinson's Prince of France a ball, and it's meant as an insult, and there's a distinct moment where his advisors are telling him, Chalamet, you need to respond with force. You, need, you can't be seen as weak, and what he says is, basically I have people to worry about in a kingdom and things that matter. I don't need to, to respond with my ego. And I remember thinking like we could, we could do with a bit of that. <laughs> that sounds like a, it an, seemed applicable, didn't it? Right. And, and that was the first time um, that I had, I thought that this movie might be relevant today and more than just a period piece for, for this uh, very famous story that keeps being told on screen. Um, so I think I'm also in the same boat in terms of liking this, especially when it comes to the stuff you mentioned, like, The the courtroom stuff or the, um, banquet, what do you call it? Throne room stuff. Maybe. Mm. Um, I watched a few months ago, Troy from, I think 2003. So when that came out. Okay. And that movie is not like this. That movie is all about the huge battles and the, uh, like basically filler scenes of politics. Mm -hmm. And I think so often the consequences of bad politics are war. I think this movie treats that with real weight, which is refreshing There's even um, in the script. There's even mention of the uh, the way people look at war. Mm. There's that one scene where Timothy Chalamet is speaking about Joel Edgerton's character and how he uh, looks at war. I forget the exact phrasing, but it was profound. It was so good. Yeah, he said, um, "I of he was telling his other advisors when he when he brings Joel Edgerton's Falstaff to kind of his as his advisor. He says that this man has been." In battle, and I think he says something like, "and he treats war with the caution and respect that you would hope he would." Something yeah. like that, like the the, the only the respect that only someone that's seen, seen it at yeah. its worst. Yeah, something like that, and that was just like that sounds really like, powerful. Yeah, like, which is crazy because he does spend the first maybe twenty minutes of this movie sort of he distancing himself from his lineage and kind of um working the street life a little bit, drinking and gambling and Timothy Chalamet's character. Correct. Yeah. Both of them actually. Yeah. That's kind of how they know each other. Uh Joel Edgerton, I mean. Slumming it at the tavern. Yeah, dude. What stuck out to me also was I think you inherently underestimate somebody this young being in this role because you're surrounded by people that have um been in this lifestyle for so long. But Timothy Chalamet's performance here carries real weight to it. it. It might just like he's got a very um and this is true in Ladybird also. He's got a very um brooding sort of thing about him. Smoldering. And it plays well into this character like you can feel that he has the weight of a crown on his head. Yeah. Um and and he's going right up against all these other actors that have been doing it for a while and I think he holds his own quite well. Yeah. We could talk about Robert Pattinson for a minute if you want. I wanted to bring up one thing. Yeah. Um just talking about that gift, the ball. Uh it made me like consciously, I wrote it down in my note. I took notes on my sure. phone while I was watching this. Just a few things to bring up. It made me wonder if that's where the the term "the ball is in your court." Oh my gosh, came I think about from, that. dude. That's you're on to something. That's is that just that's crazy to me. I was like, that yeah. could be where that came from. Yeah, I've actually never. I always assumed it was like basketball, but yeah, um, that makes a lot more sense because kings had courts. Sure, you know, and he opened the present like basically at court. Yeah, totally. I was like, ooh. The insult of the ball was that it was a game ball, right? It was yeah. basically like you're you're a child. You're playing games. Yeah, like yeah. you, this is what you need, not yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Smart. That's a, crazy stuff. It's good insight, I think. Thanks, man. Um, so do you want to talk about Pattinson at all here? Yeah. He was in this movie. He was in this movie. Let's I it's I don't even want to say what I'm about to say because I think it might be giving stuff away. So I okay. won't say that either. Um I liked him in this um for what he did. I think he was, I think he was. By the time it all plays out, I think his performance makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I'll touch pl- on that more he later. He played his role well, definitely. I think one of the other things that I really enjoyed about this movie is the uh, seriousness and weight with which it took all of the combat. Um, there is a frivolity to a lot of movies that just kind of romanticize the Very violence. Horrifies, maybe. And maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It gets to the point where you're just watching, you know, gore porn. Sure. People just murdering each other in like these theatrical and spectacular ways. Totally. And this movie really takes a sobering grasp to the realities of what battle would have been like at yeah. this time period. Yeah. And I found it very refreshing because it was not like anything I'd ever seen up until this point. Let me push back very, very slightly on that one note because it did certain two specific shots were like, this is the battle of the bastards from Game of Thrones. Mm. But I think overall the tone of this versus that night and day. Yeah. I mean, there were moments. Sure. But yeah, there's yeah. But there was also the moments of like the mass battles that just were messy and muddy and just gross and like fighting to the death with your bare hands is not glorious and it's not pretty. And it's not, uh, it's not a prize fight. It's, uh, it's you try. It's you trying yeah. not to die. So I liked the approach that they took with the violence in this movie because yeah. it could have very easily just been way overdone. Yeah, and I think it was tasteful and respectful and probably pretty accurate. Can we talk about the first um, sort of confrontation? Do you feel comfortable doing that without calling it a spoiler? Um, the uh, let's see if I can dance around it there's a, there's a challenge for one-on-one. Oh yeah. Can we talk f- about that? Very early okay. in the movie. So we also have an appearance and I can't think of the actor's name, but he played Tom and in game of Thrones. So maybe my brain was already in game of Thrones mode. Probably. But he's the younger brother of Timothy Chalamet. Uh, his dad, Ben Mendelsohn, who was the King was going to give the throne to him instead of Timothy Chalamet in the movie, not in real life. Correct. <laughs> it's not Timothy Chalamet's younger brother. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's King, King Henry, the fourth, he's a prince. Sure. Okay. Um, and he, there's this big battle that's going to happen, and it's the character's established on the opposite side um, in the very beginning of the movie. with one of those beautiful shots you're talking about. It's the end of a battle, and he puts a guy out of his misery, kind of, but he doesn't have a charismatic or caring way about him. He's like, Aaron, Scotland's the other way, you bastard. Die. That's the bad guy, one of them, mm-hmm. the early bad guy, um, who Timothy Chalamet then kills in this one-on-one fight. But I think it's when the movie establishes, like, this isn't a polished knight sword fight. Like, it, it turns to the ground within 15 seconds. But they've both got, like, the cool equipment. They've got the yeah. sweet armor. Yeah. And um, everything you think about when you see people dressed like that. Right. You think, like, noble, like, fair right. fight. like Yeah, totally. Aha, pick up your sword. And then it's like, no, we're just going to survive. I'm going to rear naked choke you and then stab you in the neck. Yeah. Like, oof. And I think that leads, because what happens next can remain... Uh, unclear for now, but I think it establishes this precedent of sons obeying what their fathers have taught them, even though that's very dumb most of the time. And which is why I was so refreshed by Timothy Chalamet's character. When he does take the throne, he's like, I'm going to, I'm, he says it so many times. I'm not my father. Yeah. Like we're doing things differently now. So listen to me. Yeah. We should probably have prefaced this whole thing with a bit of plot. We're just kind of jumped right into what we liked and didn't like. That's true. Do you want me to edit it so we stick it in the front? Nope. Okay. I guess stick we'll ca- it in. play catch up now. Yeah. If you're not we, familiar. We basically did it, right? I mean, like he's. I mean, a little. Essentially, the story is that uh, Timothy Chalamet's dad's a bad king, sure. made fights with everyone, lots of war. Nobody likes him. Sure. Uh, he's also sick. And he's also sick and with some sort of pox. Yeah. He's coughing and covered in lesions. It's mm-hmm. gross. Uh, and Timothy Chalamet has essentially disowned him because yep. he's a bad guy, doesn't want war. Timothy Chalamet becomes king. Yep. And then that's, I feel like that's all we can say, really. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't want to be the warmonger. Right. So, so he tries to reform the kingdom, basically. Yeah. He tries to do better. I think there's a lot to talk about in the end of this movie because I had a similar experience that I did, speaking of period pieces, with Little Women. Okay. Where about three quarters of the way through, I'm like, this is pretty good. Like, I like this. And then that whatever turn happens there, I'm like, oh, this is a little bit deeper than I expected. Mm. Um, and I want to write something down. I don't think I can say it while I write because I'll say it out loud. So No worries. Well, since we're writing things down that have to be secret to the end of the show, Love this. I think we should probably rate it and uh, also get to the part where we can spoil things. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think you're about right. Do you have your rating off the top of your head already? Off the top of my head, this movie is like a 7.5. It was real good. It was real pretty. It's a great movie for Netflix. I think it might have been hard to sit through this in the theater, yeah. so I think this actually found a really good home in Netflix, and I think it was uh, an appropriate viewing experience. I really liked it. Good acting. Good yeah. story. And yep. It had good good moral drive behind it. I love Timothy Chalamet, and uh, that just will continue until he breaks my heart. But I don't see it happening. Fair. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you, did you not like anything? Is there anything you want to talk about? Non-spoilery that, uh, didn't work for you? Um, hmm. You don't have to, we could do it later also. That's an interesting question. Um, I think it could have been a lot shorter. Oh really? Yeah. I see. I thought like by the time stuff, I was like, there's no way this movie's over yet. I, it felt, um, it felt short to me actually. See, it could have been shorter or it needed to be like three movies. You Mm. know what I mean? It felt like we definitely watched like, uh, out of, let's say this movie, or this story in this person's life is like 10 chapters. Sure. I feel like we watched maybe three of them. We caught like a yeah, piece yeah. of this overall story, and like the end and the beginning of our viewing experience were not the end and the beginning of this person's actual story. So we just yeah. got like a glimpse yeah. of this period in their life. So for what it was, yeah. I, I think it, it could have been consolidated a little bit. When we get into the danger zone, I'm gonna ask you what you would have cut, if anything. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're on the right track. 7.5 for you. I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I do want to talk about that kept me from going higher with my rating is, is spoilery. Um, so I won't touch it too much. I think again, Timothy Chalamet is great. Joel Edgerton's really great in this. I like him historically. He's a thick boy. Yeah. Um, Other than that, um, I think performances were fine. Yeah. I think some of the battle scenes were also just okay. Mm -hmm. Or some of the combat scenes I'll say. Um, and some of it was really good. But we'll get into more spoiler stuff in a minute. Um, What do you think we uh, dive into another beer in the meantime? Oh, I thought we go to break here. We can do whatever you want. We probably do usually. No, we don't usually. Do we, we? don't? I, I think we do. The past like six weeks that we've been doing double movies, my format's kind of right. kind of fallen to the well. Backside. I have to pee super bad. Okay, <laughs> so let's take a break. We'll be right <laughs> back with our second and final beer and uh, some hot and bothered and some spoilers for the king. That sounds great. Be right back. Okay, we're coming back with our second beer right now. Johnny, you have picked this beer out. Also, you also, my friend, reached out to the brewery, El Segundo. Unfortunately, the way I set that up was misleading. Mm-hmm. Misleading. Because they didn't send nothing no, back. Because they didn't. Um, but that's they, okay. Because they don't, don't love us or podcasts. It's fine. We only gave them four or five days. It's fine. We only supported them monetarily <laughs> and with some free advertisement on uh, our podcast that millions of people listen to. But my goal is to not be slanted by their clear. Disrespect. Disrespect. It's our podcast. Because in in the past, I do, well, I think it's about 50 50 with El Segundo. Some of their stuff's really good. And some of them just like, well, I don't get it. But that's fine. We did uh, the one that I remember is old, uh, I think it's called Old Jetty. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. Or is that by Epic? Nope. Okay, good. Um, The first thing I noticed while you're pouring this beer that you're about to tell me about is the very cool bottle. So I'll give them that. I haven't seen a bottle like this in a beer in the 21st century. Oh, this is what Coors. Banquet comes in. I thought they were kind of smaller, or is that right? I've never no. had a I've never had a Coors Banquet. Yeah, they're banquet. these the little stubby brown hand grenades. All right, the same bottle as like a Red Stripe. Oh sure, yeah. okay. I've seen Red Stripe. I I've never s- had that either. What? Yeah, it's a nice Jamaican lager. Sure. Uh, I would recommend drinking it with some shrimp tacos, maybe a little mango salsa. You'd recommend that to me. You'd recommend me try shrimp tacos. Yep. Yeah, because you don't sure he like would. Tacos. Why don't you get a milkshake to wash <sighs> it down? Fair enough. <laughs> All right, what's this beer? So. From the brewery that doesn't answer emails, we are going to be doing Mayberry (laughs) IPA from El Segundo Brewing out of San Diego, California, where the internet apparently doesn't reach, you know, the emails and all that. Uh, It's an IPA. Shocking. I know. It's ABV, 7.2%. Price? Oh, sorry. I didn't look. You wrote it on this one? Barcode. Barcode. Oh, yeah. Three. Oh, three bucks. Boom. About $3 for this 12-ounce little hand grenade bad boy. Mosaic hops take center stage in this truly west coast India pale ale. The perfect companion for enjoying a sunny day on Main Street with us in our charming little town, affectionately known as Mayberry-by-the-Sea. Let me go ahead and stop you right there so I can uh, criticize you for something that historically I get criticized for. I'm going to give this to you in a second, but I think that this was bottled on February 5th, 2019. But I can't. This is from Spikes? Spikes. Yeah, I can't imagine that's true. Why don't you take a look at that? Maybe there's a number missing, or maybe I'm reading it wrong. Where are we looking? Uh, on the side of that code there. Um, what do you think that says? Twelve five nineteen. Twelve five. 19. There was for sure a one, there? a one. Okay, yeah. There's something there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a huge difference. So I will be able yeah. to answer that question one hundred percent certainly. So while he's drinking that, it is a very standard-looking IPA. It's very clear, almost a golden sunrise color, with a nice bit of lacing left around the top. We are drinking today, by the way, out of um, straight-walled—I'd uh, say five-ounce glasses that Johnny brought over a few weeks ago. But what's your—you took a fairly large swig. What is your first reaction? Oh, that's real good. Oh, good. Oh, that's real good. Okay. That's uh—that's a straightforward, just West Coast. Like, sup? I'm is a it? single IPA. I'm really refreshing. I'm really hoppy, and you're gonna really like me you know you said the thing that i like again it's it's a season i guess but the mosaic hop presence is that what you're getting uh definitely some mosaic yeah it's punchy it's pungent it is earthy it is piney it is just man shit that's good fundamentally sound man this is a five tool player a what it's a sports thing oh okay yeah i was like man five tool player yeah all right what sport is that I think uh, football. Sure, football is going to be the five. You could player. say anything, and I bet yeah, definitely, man. It's that makes sense. Obviously, croquet. Ah, oh, for sure, yeah. cricket. No, croquet. That'd Cr- be a fun way to that'd be a fun game. Play croquet with cricket bats, hmm. or the opposite: cricket with croquet bats. <laughs> you just have a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, or play polo with. No, that wouldn't work as well. They would both work on with polo. They're too short. The polo ones are like oh they're, they're super like, long. Yeah, you got to do it from a horse. That'd be fun like You got to like lean off, uh, like like old western like rider s- style, like on down on the side of the saddle. Trick riding. That'd be fun. That'd be. I'd cool. watch that sport. Me too. And I don't watch sports. We should incorporate more horses in our ball sports. I agree. Imagine football on horses. A lot of injuries. People getting sure. tackled it'd, off of horses. Yeah, it'd be a combination of like uh, polo and th- this movie, The King. Yeah, just that polo king. This is good beer. I like it a lot. I do too. Uh it is I mean exactly like they say it's it's yeah. it's a straightforward West Coast IPA. Um so have you never had this before? Never. I Haven't either. I th- I when you, when you when I saw this name in our email I was like I feel like I've had this beer because I do feel like it's one of their flagship beers, but I feel like we ha- it's been in our radar at least briefly and uh, i want to say it was something that was possibly going to be on an episode but didn't make it due to uh freshness issues that might be true um but yeah i saw that it was readily available and and um fresh and i love the bottle first of all it's it's eye-catching uh that and the price point three bucks for a little 12 ounce bottle like that's a good deal yeah it's it's almost too good of a deal that seems Wrong to me. I know. I don't mean wrong. Uh, like that's not what it cost it. I feel like somebody priced it wrong. That's like it too should cheap. Should cost more. Yeah, like this should be like four fifty or five, maybe. Like five is high, but it should be like four bucks. Three, is is no. a good deal. Well, three bucks is an eighteen dollar six pack. Well, that's true. So, is it priced correctly? I guess. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's perfectly priced for a twelve ounce single. I guess so. But I, I, I pi- just when they're singles, they're usually more expensive. That's why it's three dollars. But no, I'm saying like, if this were a six pack and a were 18, I'd be like, that may be all right, but no, like that they're more expensive at $3 because a six pack probably would be like 14. Oh yeah. You think so? I don't know that I've ever had a six pack of El Segundo because I swear the only ones that I can picture are the Bombers. Yeah. And like the 22s that we've done. Um, I don't know. I, I will have to look into this and see if this beer comes in a six pack. Yeah. It looks like it. I mean, it comes in a six pack. Yeah, sure. Uh, I would say it's probably a bit more marked up because I mean three bucks for this beer is a good price. Yeah. Uh, and eighteen dollars six pack is hard to stomach, but um for twelve ounce bottles. Yeah, you're fine. That's I mean, yeah, we're just bottles. Yeah. That's a fine set. Like, what is I remember when I first got into like San Diego beers, um, it was the uh Sculpin mm. from Ballast Point. And that was expensive. So, yeah, those were like seventeen or eighteen dollars for a six pack. Yeah. I think this beer's Well, I like Sculpin a lot, but I think this is better than Sculpin. For sure. Me too. This Um, is completely acceptable at $3 for a 12-ounce bottle. Yep. Also, I do want to confirm it definitely was Old Jetty, but the one that I was also thinking of by these guys was the Standard Crude, which I think you got me one time. Yes. I might still have it, actually. Uh, That must have been from like 2016 or something, Hmm. Um, which is like a a pretty well-renowned Imperial Stout. Yeah. If you still have that, we should drink it. Sure. Shit's probably really good. Maybe we'll drink it at our event. Maybe. Ooh. That's that's a perfect stout for Stoutgasm. Hell that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, okay. What else do you want to talk about with regards to Mayberry IPA? Well, this beer is absolutely crushable. Uh, there's really not a whole lot I don't like about this beer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's anything I dislike either. I've only had maybe one and a half sips, so I'm going to try it again after you do. But look for something that is sticking out uh, poorly to you. Not much, man. It's sharp. It's pungent. It's it's sharp in like a mouthwatering way. Like I drink it and my mouth waters. It doesn't have that super dry finish. Um, I mean, this is like a beer that would have gotten me into craft beer, you know, five, seven years ago, whenever I was starting to dabble, like this is, it's real good, man. I'm going to say this is a beer that would have pushed me away from craft beer when I first started because it's so aggressively a West coast IPA. Mm. That's not like, I don't think that's the style that, Newcomers are like, let me try the weirdest thing and the grossest, most abrasive flavor I've ever had. But I think it's a good thing. Yeah. This is a very solid beer. Yeah. It really is. And I would I would buy this and have it around all the time. Man, it's I'm now I'm also trying to think of something that is not good, but I'm having trouble. Um, which puts me in a dangerous space of maybe having to give out another 10, which I've already done in the past like four weeks. It's a good time of year. This is nice. Yeah. I, I dude, I'm hard pressed. Uh, it's it's a little bit, ooh, maybe just a hair. You too got earthy, a mythic, yeah. Oh really? Just a hair. I don't get that. No, I think this is um for me at least. This is super solid. Yeah, I mean it finishes super nice and easy. Uh, a little pithy on the end, but like in a good way. Sure. Yeah, there's there's not a lot to to detract from this beer right now. I'm gonna list a couple adjectives. Okay. Bitter. Yep Bright Yep Aggressive mm-hmm. Uh, Refreshing Yeah Light Drinkable Sure Drinkable for sure Um, Alright I'm gonna do it Here it comes 10 Boom Yeah it's a really good beer I'm kind of pissed they didn't write us back Because I'd be like hey look guys we gave you a 10 It's great and then they'd be like, we love you. Here's free beer. I don't know how the world works, but that's how I like to pretend it does. That's fair. I want to live in the world you live in. Welcome. I can't find anything wrong with it. Is it a 10 for you as well? We have another one, and I'm going to open it. Wow, 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 wow. Sure. It's yeah. 10. Yeah. 10. All right. That is Mayberry IPA. It's 10s across the board, which only happens once in a harvest moon here on Fresh Hop Cinema. Yeah. I think it's happened. Well, technically, we're in we're in 2020 now. so Once this year. First time of the year. Um, if you want to get it, you can get it at Spikes for three dollars for a twelve ounce bottle if it's still around. It's pretty fresh. It's uh it's less than a month old. So go grab it if you want. Damn that's good. Damn that's good. Uh let's go into hot and bothered. Wait. Okay. Sure. Answer your emails, guys. Yeah, fair. That's the only complaint. I, I'm about inclined this beer. to think that they yeah, let's dock at a point. Back <laughs> <Yeah>. to nine. <laughs> Back to nine. Uh no, I'm inclined to think they're probably not hearing this if they didn't even respond to email. There's no way they're listening to a podcast link that we send them, but so I'm not gonna send it. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna pursue them. I think that's probably fair. We should. We know a few friends. If you're listening in San Diego, hey, maybe go down to El Segundo. Like, hey, you guys hear that podcast where they reviewed your beer? That's Uh, the only reason I'm here. Yeah. And then if they say no, and you say, are you gonna listen? They say no. You leave. You don't buy anything. Just turn around. Turn around and walk out. Check your emails, mother trucker. Yeah, yeah. And then come back when they do. Yeah. How about now? How about now? Hot and bothered, my friend. What are you feeling this week? One or the other, if you had to pick. Uh, hot nice been a good week okay trending up give me a bothered though i want to know give me something bad Mm. just i don't want to spend too much time i don't want to ruin on this mood that we have going oh man but give me like a you know surface level annoyance that's got you bothered jared schmidt stopped paying for hbo oh that's true i tried to go on and watch something and it said renew your subscription yep and then i texted him and i was like hey have you seen this show He's like, who? No, like, what? no. I canceled my subscription. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't watch it anymore either. I just wanted to watch that. That's sure. a Patreon promotion, if I've ever heard, if I've ever heard one. Get on Patreon, and then when you stop using services that we glean from you, we'll insult you. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. That I, I want to watch uh, Watchmen. I do too, and I can't. Um, yeah, legally, we can watch it together. You can come over to my house and we can watch it. There's ways around well, the sure. HBO thing too, yeah. so we can we can make it work. That's true. You know? All right, well, give me a hot dude. Oh shoot, man, it's been a fun week. Oh, I had a lot of fun this weekend. It Was when, your wife's birthday? Yeah, we went out of town. We went to a resort. I drank. She got a massage. We ate steaks. Was it your first resort? First resort? Oh, what's wrong with me today? No, it was my last resort. It was interesting. Wow! 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 Thank you for completing that for me. You're very welcome. <laughs> it was a nice time. We we had a very enjoyable time. She had a good birthday. It was all the bells and whistles. Yep. Wh- Whoopity doo. Good times. So good. big thumbs up. Yeah, it was nice. Well, what town did you go to? Where was the resort? It's a secret. No, I don't give away my secrets. Really? You're not going to tell anybody? all right i mean it's fine it was uh up yeah. in anderson it was uh, a resort a spa and uh restaurant right off of i-5 called gaia g-a-i-a which is like brazilian for mother earth or something like oh, that cool. yeah it's pretty cool yeah there's she, a brewery in anderson now no is there a brewery called anderson brewing anderson valley Where's that? Uh, up in... Um, Is there a place called Boonville? Yeah. Boonville, maybe? Boonville. Okay. Up like... Uh, I drove right by there on the way to your bachelor party, driving oh, sure. to that insane road that yeah, the yeah, GPS yeah. took right, me, right. where we all almost died. What a dumb name for a town, Boonville. Boonville? It's a really great town. Is it, though? Uh, yeah. I actually really like Boonville. <laughs> it's called uh, Boonville. It's, what's wrong with Boonville? <laughs> it's just rubbed me the wrong way today. I don't know why. You got something against Boons? Yeah, what's a boon? Uh, You're my boon, a baboon, my boon companion. All right, no, boon is an old world uh, word for uh, like someone that's very close to your heart. Like you're my boon companion. It means you're very yeah. You can Google it if you want. You're very uh, important to me. Like uh, you're my boon. It's like a very trusted person in your life. Makes me think. I remember the Titans. That makes sense, actually, Coach Boone. Why not left side, strong side, my man. Right, who's yeah? You can text that to seven out of ten. Let me try that again. You can text that to 10 people on your phone and seven of them will respond with the right answer. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was nice. Went up to Anderson, had some resorting, ate some steaks. It was fun. It was a good time. Well, that's great. Yeah. But my real hot this week's the uh, the Golden Globes. That was fun. Ah. It's the kickoff of sure. award season. Tiz. Tiz. Got to see Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais all over everyone. For the fifth year in a row, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's his last one, so he really didn't give a shit. Yeah. The Golden Globes are interesting. I've, I've- People are tend to, people in the film industry tend to be very um uh sour towards the Golden Globes. Yeah. Okay. So the the Golden Globes Globes, I'm done for the day. Yeah. It's like four words. <laughs> the Golden Globes are put on by the uh Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Yes. Um, and it just tends to carry a lot less weight than the Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of minds are like, whoever pays the most money basically, or whoever gets the most promotion basically throughout the year. Yeah. To quote Glenn Weldon, the Golden Globes blow strange and unusual winds. That's a nice that's a nice turn of phrase. So I didn't watch them, is my point, but you did. You stayed at home, you watched the whole thing. I did highlights? Lowlights? Uh highlights, some underdog movies that we both enjoyed. One. Uh one of the main highlights is Missing Link winning over That's so crazy. <laughs> Frozen two and Toy Story Four. Was Toy Story Four this year? Yeah. Wow. Well last year. Yeah, last year, sorry. Yeah. It was. So, I mean, stuff like that. And then there was random ones. that They, they felt very spread out. Like, mm. every movie that should win something, one of the actors in it won mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Brad Pitt won for- um, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Uh, Laura Dern, my girl- Marriage Story. One for Marriage I think Story. you told me that, though. Yep. Yeah. No, it was just a real good guess. Well, the Once Upon a Time was. Laura Dern's only been in a handful of things this year. Yeah. Uh, one notable thing- for me and especially possible Oscar implications is that, uh, the Irishman didn't win anything. Yeah. But Ricky Gervais insulted everybody at that table, like seven times. Yeah. <laughs> Made some sweet short jokes about Martin Scorsese. And, uh, no, he called Joe Pesci, baby Yoda. Yes. I watched the highlights of the golden globe. So okay. it took about eight minutes. So yeah. I caught some of this, but not much because yeah. the ceremony's like what? Two hours, three, three. Yeah. It was a long three hours. Um, I watched this really interesting thing on the de-aging process of The Irishman, which made me want to watch The Irishman, which I still haven't watched. You still haven't watched it? You were supposed to watch it like two weeks ago. It's on my list, man. But anything else for you? uh, No, it made me look forward to the Academy Awards, and it made me curious to see if um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins everything, because Mm. I've heard it said by people smarter than me that there's nothing more lovable or loved by Hollywood than stories about old Hollywood. Yeah, that's why La La Land was such a big one. Yeah. Um, Okay, well. uh, What about you? Yeah, speaking of uh, movies. um, Completely generic segue. What about you, (laughs) Max? That are on people's minds at things like these, that like the Irishman are getting a lot of Oscar buzz. I'm going to play you a trailer for a movie that has not gotten as much attention, but also maybe doesn't deserve it. Here's a trailer for Bombshell.
1: You have to adopt the mentality of an Irish street cop. The world is a bad place. People are lazy morons. Minorities are criminals. Sex is sick, but interesting. Ask yourself what would scare my grandmother or piss off my grandfather. And that's a Fox story. Oh, it makes so much sense. Women are everywhere. We're letting them play golf and tennis now. HR's on the phone, because you called me a skirt. Yeah, Yeah. I gotta read that manual again. again. The attitude off camera was even worse. You're a man-hater. to get along with the boys you're sexy but you're too much work i have a whole list will other women come forward
0: you may have heard there was a dust-up involving yours truly and presidential contender donald trump
1: there was blood coming out of her eyes blood coming out of her Oh my God, did he just accuse me of anger menstruating? Wait, am I going to be the story? No. No. I'm going to be
2: the story. No. Nobody stops watching because of a conflict. They stop watching when there isn't one. I want to convince you that I belong on air, Mr. Ailes. I think I'd be freaking phenomenal on your network. I could pluck you out and move you to the front of the line, but I need to know that you're loyal. I need you to find a way to prove it.
1: I'm the bad guy.
0: You trying to get me to like a movie just by playing Billie Eilish? I know you like Billie Eilish. It was such a strange, by the way, that song did not come up at all in the movie Bombshell. They just used it for promo, Hmm. uh, which feels a little on the nose. uh, Because if you don't know, Bombshell is the uh, retelling of the 2016, I believe, uh, scandal involving the CEO of Fox News, Roger Ailes, in this movie played by John Lithgow, um, involving his sexual harassment of many, 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 many of the uh, female uh, employees of Fox News. What year? I'm going to say 2016. Okay. Um, is when this all happened. That was recent. Yeah, it was very recent. Um, you heard in the trailer mention of Donald Trump during his presidential candidacy, that kind of stuff. Um, anyways, this film stars Charlize Theron. She plays Megan Kelly, a very prominent person in today's modern age Nicole Kidman's in this Margot Robbie John Lithgow like I said Allison Janney Kate McKinnon uh, Malcolm McDowell Mark Duplass a lot of people um I I did not realize this movie was set so modern time yeah so I was I saw this with my sister this weekend um without whom the show could not be possible Bailey looking out what a mid-show shout out good for you man that's nice um so it's it's if you've seen trailers or been alive in 2019. This movie feels very 2019. Um, this is one of the highest profile um, for, for lack of a more proper term takedowns of a, of a high profile dude that has abused his power on the women that work for him. It was one of the first ones that started the, the Me Too movement basically. And I said to my sister after the movie, I said, she's asked like, what'd you think? I was like, well, like it seemed a little pandery and on the nose. But in the same way that a movie about abolishing slavery might feel pandery, um, I've read reviews online saying this movie only tells one side of the story. And I'm not so interested in hearing the side that advocates for sexual assault, nor owning slaves. Like, hey, You didn't know what she was wearing, man. Yeah, God. So that comes up a lot in this movie. like I'm Sure. All of these sort of like um, bullet points of sexism, like. I didn't know not to call you a skirt. I didn't read the manual. Like, you got nice legs? Show me more of those legs. That's what gets viewers to stick around. It's an interesting movie insofar as it is a modern depiction of what has happened and been brought to light in a lot of these um, higher-level corporate settings. Fair enough. Also, John Lithgow does a really good job of playing kind of the uh, creepy, rich, white dude. He did that in Beatrice at Dinner also, like a very... Kind of Trumpian figure. It's easy to be what you are. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I like to think that by advocating to be this person in this movie, he is not that person. Well, he's white and rich. That's so true. Two thirds there. What's the other third? Equals creepy. creepy. Equals <laughs> believable. Yeah. So you've seen the trailers for this movie or no? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any interest in seeing it? Do you think you'll check it out? Uh, it would be definitely something I watch at home mm. because I don't have all the time to go see movies. I wish I did. Uh, I, it it wouldn't be one that I see in the theater, but it's one that I would definitely want to watch and I probably will either rent or stream. Yeah, that seems right. I think you should watch it. I think most people should watch it. I don't think it's the most agile telling of this story. I don't, I think it could have been done a little bit more um, subtly possibly. Um, Is it a subtle story though? Well, so what happens, my main issue with this movie is that it invents basically a fictional character who is played by Margot Robbie. And I think when I learned that she was fictional, I was like, you don't really need a fictional person. Like, tell the story of the people that went through the trauma that you're referring to and let that be the story. But they kind of invent this character to to be a very cut and dry, like, well, obviously, now we know he was bad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I kind of got it. Like, that was fine. You didn't need to bring that in. And for about two minutes in this movie, do they deal with the actual repercussions of – the emotional trauma associated with the type of sexual assault we're talking about in this film. Hmm. And I wish they would have spent more time on that and less time on the, um, the very specific Fox is bad vibe, mm. which I kind of agree with, but there's a bigger issue at play that I think was sort of overlooked. Gotcha. That said Charlize Theron was great as Megan Kelly. The resemblance is uncanny. Her, her vocal performance alone is, uh, nuts. Um, and everybody in this is pretty good. All right. Uh, so I would say if you get a chance to watch Bombshell, check it out. You don't have to see it in theaters necessarily. It's probably not going to win anything, but check it out. It's a movie of 2019 that I think very well encapsulates, encapsulates 2019. Fair enough. Okay. And that's Young Maxwell's Hot this week. Anything got you bothered? No, that wasn't that was my bothered. Uh, no, that was, yeah, it was neither, I guess. It um, no, was neither? It was probably both. So you just wanted to cover a third yeah, movie. Yeah, watched a lot of movies, man. I watched 50, what is it? say, 57 this year? Oh, too many. You snuck that in there. I did. That um, wasn't your hot or your. It was bothered? my hot or bothered. Yeah, I don't know. I it got, was. I got. It's both. It's my hot and bothered. Fair enough. I don't know. My life's fine. You know, I've been doing semi sober January, which is where I only drink during this podcast. Yeah, you're not dry. You're like it's like moist January for you. Yes, it's like morning dew. Yeah, January. Like there, it's like when Johnny comes around, the humidity goes up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's me sweating. No, it's the album. No, it's me sweating. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Oh, no, that's good, though. I'm fine with that being my hot and bothered, or neither one, or both. I don't care. Yeah, because, I mean, it could bother you that Max doesn't like Fox News. It's true. I I doubt, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you're listening, and that's you. Bro, we have millions and millions of listeners. And millions? I was going to say just one million. We but have billions and billions. Billions. Yeah. Our listeners outnumber the stars. Okay? Indeed. So, Indeed. A certain percentage. Aren't there, like, infinite stars? That's how many listeners we wow, have. wow, wow. It's Third time I've said wow, 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 by the way. It's, I've been picking it's, that up. Yeah, that's real. It's Gordon Ramsay. Danger zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone.
1: Danger zone. Ah. Danger zone.
0: We are to the very, very tippity top, the peak of the mountain, the end of the tunnel, the dangerous zone. Last stop of the subway where if you don't get off, you're just gonna sleep on the car that night. You gotta ride all the way home though, which is nice. Or do they stop on the way back? No, they they just stay back to the subway yard where the subway cars sleep. Yikes! Yeah, well, so I mentioned there were a couple things I wanted to touch on with reference to the king and spoilers. Yeah, is there anything you wanted to talk about? Hmm, not a whole lot, honestly. I think I got most of it out. There's not much too spoilery except like the very end, but like. It doesn't really spoil. I mean, there's a little spoil. That's the twist I was talking about that kind of changed my mind. Yeah, the very end. All right. And it, it ties into this idea that in war movies, very often you increasingly demonize the enemy. The other side is like horrible and, and, and increasingly become one dimensional. Oh, you mean in life in 2020? Well, that too, I suppose. Um, yes. But it's definitely in movies. Yes. And here it almost has the opposite effect. Um, again, we're talking about this. We're not gonna recap the whole thing. It's like we've all seen it. But at the very end, when he's um, been proposed to marry this uh, this daughter of the king of France, yeah, he he conquers his way all to the all the way to like the main fortress in France. Yeah, king of France. I'm assuming he's a king, right? Yeah, he's a king. the same terminology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, offers instead his daughter's hand in marriage to uh, proliferate peace. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and we get back to England, and they're getting married, and then the two of them, Timothy Chalamet and his bride to be, talk about how this all happened. And he's like, well, your your dumb brother sent me this ball. Actually, he doesn't say that first. He's like, there was an assassin. And then she's like, my brother was too stupid to send an assassin. And my dad wouldn't have. He was very surprised when he heard about it. He's like, well, he sent me a ball. and Whatever. Basically, this was all contrived and made up by one of his closest um, advisors. Yeah, through the whole movie. Yeah. And by the end of it, it's like his only person he can trust, because Falstaff is dead at this point, mm-hmm. um, is his wife who he doesn't know. Yeah. What an interesting twist, I think. I was like, this is, the way it played out, too, is like a great exercise in tension building. Totally. Because you get sort of this inkling of suspicion as a viewer where you start thinking, maybe something is off, but I'm not totally sure what it is. Like, I think this guy, William, has betrayed me, but I don't know how. And then we get this great... um, basically monologue from Timothy Chalamet towards the end where he's making William stand up on this uh, stool or crate or whatever is that you stay up there and it slowly escalates into a very, um, almost like Scorsese slash um, Tarantino bang out by the end. Like it feels very mobster and and like explosion. Yeah. And it culminates uh, with him getting stabbed in the back of the head while he's basically asking for forgiveness, which is pretty intense, pretty intense thing to do. It is, man. Yeah. But um I think the way the movie plays out by that end where it's like, we're gonna forge a peace, and you have to be honest with me, and I'll be honest with you, we'll do this. Yeah, because th- she really opened his eyes to the level of yeah. deceit in his own court that he in fact did not even realize. Yeah. Which was fascinating. Yeah. The way that the whole war, his whole campaign on France, essentially the whole movie up to this point, mm-hmm. uh, was contrived and put into motion by his closest advisor. Uh, in this whole grand scheme that other people had, that Timothy Chalamet's King Henry V had no part in actually yeah. thinking up, mm-hmm. and he in fact was just a pawn in someone else's war as a king. And it's so tragic because he was so avidly pushing to not go to war. Yeah, and it was you got to imagine from from his advisor, the the betrayer William's perspective, was like could have sworn he was just going to go for it because his dad was that guy so like i'll be fine my i'll have tons of land in france it's like all right well i gotta give him this ball and i gotta make up an assassin and here we go Mm -hmm. like he tried so hard not to do it but i think his openness and his his um lack of desire to go to war plus his openness with his future wife says a lot to how this historical figure has been constantly re um retold his story has been retold throughout history i think it's a he's a good one like william says before we realize he's a betrayer like you might have proven yourself as one of the great kings of england yeah i think that's a, it stands true at least from what i've seen in this movie totally it's a very interesting story it made me want to research more into the 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 original shakespearean literature sure. and also you know maybe check out some of the the films mm-hmm. that have been done that i mean i assume that they're kind of classic you know I don't know, yeah, Laurence prob- Lawrence Olivier did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm gonna look into it. But yeah, it's an interesting story. Definitely makes me want to learn more, which is good. I mean, it sparks questions, but sure. it was an interesting movie about, you know, politics and, and the cost of war and how sometimes you become an instrument of war when all you're advocating mm. your whole political career is peace. Yeah. And you don't even realizing you don't even realize you've been manipulated until the war is over yeah till it's, you've murdered thousands yeah not, dude. yeah murdered, yeah, yeah not? like in retrospect this movie is way more insightful and and thought-provoking mm. than like just right after watching it because you know we have a chance to break it down and think about it and, yeah and formulate opinions bit. but like yeah the, the way he was manipulated as a king that was very anti-war mm-hmm. uh, is fascinating you got anything else All right, well, if you've seen The King or if you've seen Bombshell or if you've seen Cats or if you've had the Mayberry IPA or the Oatmeal Stout from East Brother Brewing, please let us know. It's a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. Uh, We'd really love to hear your thoughts. Again, all the stuff at the top of the show, you can get a hold of us through those places. Um, Just one extra reminder, because it's new, if you know the movie that we, how should we phrase this, that we quoted, that we um, reenacted. We did a scene. We did a scene. If you know the movie, which we dressed up, if you know the movie, that we did a scene from that we dressed up as a commercial, write us in, let us know what movie that is. You can get uh, your name, put in the hat to get a free gift card to the handlebar. Um, We'll be back in your feeds next Tuesday with another movie and a couple more beers. The show wouldn't be possible without Bailey Minardi. Uh, My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. And if you're on Patreon, you're welcome because you're going to hear us before next week, recapping our top movies, top 10 for each of us of 2019. So, Again, reconsider joining that to check that out. But if you're a peasant that doesn't have that, then we'll see you next week.
2: This is Fresh Hot Cinema.